Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. This week on Careers and Mental Health Conversations, I'm joined by our head mental health trainer and a voice you would have heard regularly over our podcast, uh, Tina Winchester. Hey, Pat. Welcome, Tina. Well, this podcast today is a bit more of an education and informative style podcast because we get so many questions about our mental health first aid course and it's really getting more popularity out there in, in big industries and with individuals that we thought we'd put this podcast together to just give people an idea of what's covered in the course and how they can go about registering their interest and just ask any questions. So uh, that's why I've got you. You're the mental health expert. And uh, Tina, in your own words, can you give us an overview of the mental health first aid course? Sure, Pat. No worries. So Mental health first aid are the skills that we need to attend to somebody who might not be doing so well with their mental health um, and how to support and assist someone. And in order to use these skills, we need to know the signs and symptoms to look out for. So mental health first aid covers off on what mental health is because there's uh, often a misconception around mental health and mental illness. Um, so we cover off on that. Um, and then we start to look at signs and symptoms of common mental health problems such as um, depression and anxiety. And then we look at more severe and enduring illnesses such as psychosis and we also look at substance use disorders. And then we can uh, apply skills of mental health first aid to ensure that people are aware of what to look for in the people that uh, around them, so people in their families or in their workplaces and communities, be able to have an understanding of what signs and symptoms might indicate that somebody isn't doing so well, but also have really clear skills around how to support someone um, to get them to the help that they need. Now, it's a really interesting course. I mean, I've, I've done it with you. It was a, a big eye-opener. It's quite, it's quite a lot of awareness, and I think what I took out of it was quite a lot of up-to-date facts and, and statistics, which is really um, well interesting but quite alarming as well in, in a way. But So what, what can people expect to take away from the course once they've gone through it? A lot of times I see people saying, like, wow, and I didn't realise that. Or there's usually some someone in the the classes will will resonate with uh, some of the symptoms and the illnesses and maybe even go and seek help themselves. The good thing about mental health first aid is that it is the most up to date. I mean, it, we're on the fourth edition now. Um, it's been running since the year two thousand, and the content of mental health first aid and the actions around how to apply mental health first aid are not one person's um, model of what we should do. Um, it's all evidence-based practice where um, the model has been pulled together by collaborating with people and consulting with people that have either had experiences of mental ill health themselves, service providers, people that care for those um, that have mental health problems and the whole gamut around um, mental illness and pulled together their views and their experiences to come up with um, the best possible model to care for someone that's unwell. Now it goes for two days or you can have it for three days but really it's a 12-hour course but personally from experience I know I see a lot of the other people who, who come and undertake the course here at the Career Development Centre. It's not one of those courses which just 
drags on like I've, I've sat in management courses or or marketing courses for two days and by the end you, you know you're scratching out your eyeballs you just want to get out the door but this one's quite gripping like everyone who comes through leaves on a really upbeat and high note and and uh you know often they stick around and have a bit of a ask more questions or talk through but what is it that's so intriguing about this course what is it that grips people so much about this and they just they, they really love the two days. I think it's because there's a, a number of different ways that we teach the skills during the 12 hours. So it's not just me standing up in front of PowerPoints, banging on about statistics that, you know, so some people love statistics and other people just glaze over. But there's a lot of interaction as well. So we do activities to get people thinking about um, the content of the course. We've got fantastic videos everybody talks about the videos that have been pulled together using real people with real experience of, of mental illness. Um, there's also a, a fantastic activity that we do on the final day around hearing voices when we look at psychosis and that again is something that people take away with them and talk about because it gives you a real insight into what it might be like to experience mental illness if you're, if you're a voice hearer. Um, it's very interactive and it's really, um, we spend a lot of time discussing different components of, of the content to ensure that everybody understands it and uh, really encourage discussion so that there is never a dull moment I mean there's a there's, and and to be honest a lot of the content is based on hope and recovery which is really really important because there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there about mental illness so uh, so it, it's based on hope and recovery based on real facts it's based on real statistics and it's based on best practice that we know works so it's really interactive and and you know and when I run the course there's always a laugh going on as well you know yeah. so it, it's, it's a bit of fun too um, around you know topics that can be quite difficult you bring out your uh, English sense of humor and get a few chuckles along the way I'm sure true and I tell you what Pat I got some jokes I bring out every single time and it gets a laugh every single time <laughs> so if it's always getting a laugh you've got to keep using it exactly. right exactly the thing is like it's such an interesting course that you just really have to be there and experience it and, and, and I think it's the interaction which helps bring it to life like everyone sort of starts off uh, listening but within sort of an hour everyone's sharing and talking through and and, and I think that comes down to the fact that nearly everyone has either experienced mental health in some way, maybe not personally, but they might know someone. And I think that's what makes it so real to people that there's such a high chance that you have been through something or you know someone who's going through something, which makes it yeah really, really practical for people. For sure. And I can guarantee you every single time I've run a course, there, there's been at least one person that has gone to see their GP afterwards because it raises awareness about ourselves and, and thinking, well, maybe maybe I need to, to, to get a check on my mental health because I'm not doing so well or has encouraged a family member to do the same. The, the, the whole process of mental health first aid involves uh, doing the training and then providing feedback to Mental Health First Aid Australia, which is all anonymous. Um, it's how they keep a track of their instructors to make sure they're following the content properly and delivering it in the way that they should. And I, the feedback from an instructor's perspective is just excellent because I've never had anybody that's come on the course and said that was not not useful in any way. So many people as well come back to me afterwards and say, I've applied 
the skills already. I've gone back into my workplace. I've thought about um, some of the issues that were raised. Uh, I was concerned about a staff member or a, a colleague, and I and I had a conversation. And the outcome of the conversation was I encouraged the person to seek help. So that's the best kind of feedback that we can get. And I won't share any names, but without a shadow of a lie, you took a call from someone who'd been through the course this morning that was asking for a little bit of extra advice in relation to their own workplace. So that just goes to show you that the, the proof really is in the pudding. And then, uh, of course, it helps that you're always there for support afterwards, which I think people find very beneficial as well. Yeah, I, I, I've always done that, even from the first course I ever delivered. So what, what I don't want people to do is think that they come and do the two days uh, mental health first aid course, get their certificate of accreditation, which lasts for three years, and then they're off on their own. Um, I when I follow up with emails after the course where, where I provide a resources list for, for our area so people know where they can access help um, for the people that they're supporting or for themselves, I always emphasise that I'm available. You can email me or give me a call. If you're concerned about someone and you're not sure about how to have the conversation, it just reinforces the skills that you've learned on the course. You, you know you've got somebody to fall back on if you need to question anything um, so that you're not unsupported when you're doing this. Now, we do get individuals come to our public courses, which we run obviously here in, in Brisbane, but do you have any requests from businesses for this type of uh, accredit accredited course in their workplace? Yeah, and more so recently. So, um, you know, we, uh, we get requests from businesses from um, you know, education departments or education providers. Um, we've got a, a horticultural group coming in um, in the next week or so who go out to rural farmers, which is a really exciting one. We have people that work in um, corporate in the corporate space so you know a whole cross-section of industries and that's as it should be mental health first aid and mental health awareness is not one part of industry it's all parts of industries it's all parts of not-for-profit organizations it's wherever there's people there's a need to have uh, mental health first aiders and as mental health first Aid Australia themselves say mental health doesn't discriminate. So to say that it's pigeonholed just to one industry or one type of person or what, or some form of background is is really incorrect because as you learn on the course, anyone in any situation at any time can experience uh, mental illness of some form, and it, it it varies in degrees for individuals. And it I think something which really resonates with me and it sticks in my mind is. Just because you've had some form of mental illness doesn't mean you can't recover. Like a lot of people have it and move on and cope and get the strategies and the support. And, and I think there's a bit of a stigma like you've had it once, you'll have it forever. It's, it's not the case, is it? No, absolutely. And again, that's that misconception that we get from the media. I mean, imagine you know, there are times in our lives when um, things are really, really stressful. And we know, you know, most people tend to know that stressful events include bereavement or losses, breakdown of relationships, losing a job moving house even, or, or even stresses that are not considered to be negative. So having a baby, getting married, um, buying your first home, and that, that these are all stressful events. And we're all vulnerable. I mean, we're all fragile. It, it, it just sometimes events take over and we become more vulnerable and more fragile and we might need to reach out for help. And then we, we hopefully would reach out for help, receive the help to support us through the difficult times, and then we're off and running and we're okay. And you, you could only have one episode in your lifetime. But the thing 
that's really important to remember, and this is what you learn on mental health first aid, is that that early intervention is so important so that people don't become so unwell that the, the illness becomes exacerbated and then, and, and then can be more of a difficult illness to treat. So early intervention is so important. Like anything, if left untreated, things get worse, right? So, I mean, that's, that's the same with mental illness, isn't it? Yeah. Just like a physical... Yeah. So I use, I've used this analogy many times with, with people, clients that come and see me for counselling, but also on, in the mental health first aid course. If you had persistent abdominal pain that you didn't know what the cause of it was um, and it came in waves where there were times when you were doubled over in pain and then times when you could kind of limp along and it wasn't too bad, you would inevitably go and see your GP to say, look, I've got this pain. Um, it comes and goes. Sometimes it's really bad. Sometimes it's it's bearable, but I'm not sure what it is. And, and, and you'd go and have a chat with your GP. Well, emotional pain should be considered in exactly the same way. And, and, and that's the problem. It isn't. We are um, we are more ready readily open to go and see our GP if we've got a painful foot, painful stomach, or recurring headaches. But we don't tend to go and see a GP when our mood is low, or we've been feeling extremely anxious, or you know there's some other um, symptom that we're not sure what it is, but it's linked to our emotional health. So based off the back of that, Tina, and and you know with the experience and the amount of courses that you've run, is there anyone who probably shouldn't attend? I mean, you know. Courses maybe aren't for everyone, but do you think there's anyone who probably shouldn't come along to mental health first aid? Anyone that thinks they're going to be a doctor at the end of the two days and be able to diagnose mental illness, not a good idea. That's not going to happen. Other than that, Pat, no, I, I, I really don't. I think it's important to understand that there are different mental health first aid courses for different um, demographics, for example. So the course that we run is the standard mental health first aid for adults over the age of 18, but there are a number of others. So as long as you're on the right mental health first aid course, nobody should be excluded. And I would encourage people that have experienced mental illness themselves to come and do the course because it gives us a broader understanding of other people's experiences of illnesses. It also gives the opportunity to, to build your own knowledge bank up around what supports are available out there. Also for people that care for someone that has a mental illness, really, really invaluable. HR people, health and safety people, occupational health and safety people, that you know, the anyone that's in a position where you're working with other people, you really should come along and do mental health first aid because I, you can bet your bottom dollar you've either experienced working with someone that has an emerging mental illness or you will do in the future. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I regularly hear you say from the CEO to the intern, anyone in an organisation can can do this course and be the mental health first aider. And what we see, and and we talk about this internally at our own business, that so many companies uh, across Australia globally have physical first aiders, which is good, like they need to, and and we, we fully support and endorse that. But we also suggest that uh, you know, if you're going to have a physical first aider, you also now need a mental health first aider as well. So how important is it that every organisation starts to look at getting at least one staff member trained in this course? Yeah, absolutely. Mental Health First Aid Australia recommend that you should have a, a mental health first aider alongside every physical first aider, which which I agree with. Also, the statistics, I think, uh, from Mental Health First Aid is that you are more likely to use your mental health first aid skills um, as opposed to your physical first aid skills. You know, the, the people that you know, thankfully, it's not a, a frequent occurrence where you need to apply CPR to someone. But in today's uh, climate, it, it is a frequent thing where we need to actually have conversations with people about their emotional health. It's growing so much. And I think one thing, you know, since I've 
seen you undertake this course is it does seem to be growing a bit more in brand awareness and popularity across Australia, but we've still got a long way to go. I mean, how old is the course now? It was developed in the year 2000, so we're in the 18th year now. So 18 years strong, but, you know, I feel like there's still a whole lot more awareness to go. And, and we, luckily, we see uh, more more growth in it each month. As, as it goes on, we put on additional courses, but something tells me there's still a long way to go with mental health first aid. It certainly hasn't got anywhere near the awareness of physical first aid, for example. No, and you know what I think that is, Pat? I think I think the reason for that is because um, physical first aid is considered to be a mandatory requirement for staff members in the workplace to protect organisations against litigation, for example. Well, mental health first aid really should be a mandatory course because we know that litigation is a big issue in workplaces. And I'm not saying that any, anyone with a mental health problem is going to sue your company, but you have a responsibility to care for the emotional health of your employees. And early intervention, again, as I mentioned earlier, is really, really important. So I think that mental health first aid should be considered as a, as a preventative skill base for people to ensure that things do not get so bad that somebody becomes so unwell that I mean we had we provide employee assistance programs, and we sadly had um, uh, an employee from one of the businesses that we support attempt suicide a few weeks ago. We, everything's fine now, he's getting the right kind of help and support that he needs. But with mental health first aiders in the workplace, some of the symptoms and signs that, that this guy was displaying could have been picked up early. And it's not just about workplace responsibility around people's emotional health. It's also a moral obligation to care for the people around you because, as you can imagine, this workplace went into panic mode when, uh, when this happened and we supported them through it and we were glad to be able to do that. But these things are preventable. Do you think employees would have a lot more confidence uh, going to work knowing that there was a mental health first aider in, in their organisation? Because from an employee point of view, it could just give you that sort of calm that you, you need and just knowing that someone's there that you could turn to. And Because let's face it, not a lot of organisations have, you know, no one really has full-time counsellors or people with counselling qualifications and you don't certainly need to have that to apply mental health first aid, but certainly a solution to help give people that comfort. Yeah, I agree, Pat. And also, um, you know, I, we provide employee assistance programs and some of the feedback that we get from um, from staff and also other organisations that uh, send their people to attend mental health first aid is that, that people are reluctant to reach out to employee assistance programs sometimes. There seems to be a, a lack of understanding about confidentiality, etc. So if your people aren't reaching out to their employee assistance programs, they're actually not reaching out to anyone. So they're left floundering. I mean, the whole EAP thing is a different matter altogether. But the fact is that you need to have people available in the workplace every day when things go wrong and the wheels start falling off, that these conversations can take place. And it might be that the employee is encouraged to seek professional help from a GP, for example, but at least they're getting some help from somewhere. If, if employee assistance programs aren't being accessed for whatever that reason might be, you need to have something to fall back on. And I think the other thing is that a lot of uh, medium and even small business just don't have EAP or employment assistance programs set up so effectively if if they not if they don't think they're big enough to even warrant one of those but any size business can have a mental health first aider which and and you can you know people move jobs a lot these days obviously we see people come through changing careers but you can take it anywhere with you really and, and that's comforting to know as well 
oh god and it looks really good on your resume really good on your resume I mean people often put you know lots and lots of short courses down on their resume I've done dealing with difficult people I'm a physical first aider I'm a this and that a mental health first aid and it's a great uh, conversation starter an interview if you were looking for another job people say what's this mental health first aid what's that all about and on the flip side of that I think employers that actually take the time to put their staff through it no matter what level they're at can actually in turn be seen as an employer of choice everyone wants to be that company that you know is, is socially responsible and looking after their their employee wellness and I think that could be something which employees of the future start to look towards as a a sign that they want to work with that organisation. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, I want to go and work for these people because they not only provide me with this, 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 they also give me the opportunity to become a mental health first aid. I think it's brilliant. And look after, the obviously, the wellness of their employees, which is becoming more and more important. And I just want to add to that that having mental health first aiders in your workplace doesn't mean having people available to sit around on beanbags, having deep and meaningful conversations with staff and not being productive. Mental health first aid works on an action plan, whereas action focused to... Uh, be able to have conversations with people to find out what's going on, but then get them to the support that they need, which invariably will be outside of the organisation, be it EAP or um, a GP or another professional. So it is certainly not about sitting around on beanbags, lighting candles, having a nice chit-chat. It, it's much more action-focused. It's, it's as action-focused as physical first aid. And one thing this course does is it really uh, starts to break down the stigmas involved with mental health and, and basically some of the people's uh, preconceived ideas of, of what that person could look like and, and act like because, uh, you know, we get all sorts of people coming in to do this course. Like we say, from the CEO to the intern, everyone is starting to take interest in this course, which is very exciting, I think. It's, it's, it's nice to see it heading in the right direction, I think. Oh, yeah. And the mixed bag of people, the diversity is so interesting. We've, we've had people that have worked in really senior positions in very big organisations to uh, people that work as volunteers. Um, we had a community centre. We had six of their staff recently go through. I mean, you think about the amount of people that they have contact with every day in the neighbourhood centres. I mean, the ripple effect of people that you can reach to support from one mental health first aider is really remarkable. Good point. Actually, we've been relating this back to a workplace environment, but the skills that you uh, attain uh, are very much used in the home with friends, anywhere you go, if you travel. Like, it's, it's skills that you keep with you for life. It is. And if you think about it, so 75% of people will develop uh, or have throw the, show the first signs of mental ill health by the age of 25. You know, you think about the young people that we interact with in, you know, in our homes, in our families, in our communities. Um, it, it is really quite far-reaching. We're really enjoying seeing the, the tides turn. I mean, there's still a long way to go. How, what else can we do to, to, you know, create more awareness for this? And, and we're not talking about doing it just with us it, there's thousands of instructors in australia you can do some online like we're, we're trying to create awareness for all across you know our continent how how else can we get the word out there yeah i think it is about conversations and i know that's a bit of a, a kind of a cliche but it is about conversations and when it comes to stigma and discrimination um the the only way that we can counteract stigma and discrimination is to talk about the things and not avoid the things that are stigmatized it's not just about mental health it's about mental well-being you know it's it's quite it's all encompassing um, and if people aren't having conversations even if it's conversations about you, you know things that you see in the news or challenging things that you see in the news or understanding that it's one in four of us 
that have a mental illness or struggle with our mental health, one in four. I mean, you could stand at a bus stop. And be, you could be in a lineup at a bus stop, and you know you you will be surrounded by people that have had mental health problems or are struggling with a mental illness. Um, and I know I've said it before in podcasts, and I'll say it again: it's not about howling at the moon. It's about life struggles. It's about being vulnerable. It's about understanding ourselves and having the the the, the knowledge to know what to look for, and then confidently be able to act on that yeah and i think because the course and and instructors like yourself are really really well trained and good at uh breaking down the individual types of mental illness like you run through the difference between depression and anxiety and then schizophrenia and panic attacks and and suicide is covered as well and and they're all really sort of you know on the outside looking and you go well that's a touchy subject but when you get in and you talk about it and you hear stories and you relate it to work and other things and it really makes you look back and go wow i I either know someone or I maybe would have spotted that previously or I could have been through that myself and I've come through it but I didn't actually even know. And I think that's the eye-opening thing for me is just that high-level awareness and, and the detail. It's it's really fascinating course. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I, I do think it is the best uh, mental health course out there for members of the public. So lay people that are not – I mean, I, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist – but I am, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, uh, I'm a co-worker, um, I'm a member of a community. And that, and that really is the only prerequisite to, to, to needing to understand the skills that are delivered in mental health first aid. And I think one of the best things is a couple of days after the course, the attendees, they do a, a, an online assessment, which let's be honest, it's relatively straightforward and you get the, the mental health manual with you. So it's, it's, it's an open book assessment. But then you get uh, feedback, which is anonymous, so you don't know who's done it. But more, you know, 99.9% of the time, it's so positive, the feedback. And it's really is good to see that people came in maybe with a question mark or maybe they were pushed by their boss or someone was making them, but they just come in and go, wow, I just learned so much or I've applied this already or it's just never ending, is it? Just that amazing feedback that you get. And, and you know, someone's not forcing them to do it because it's, it's, it's confidential. So you can't see names and stuff like that, but it's really encouraging, I think, and validates the course um, in its entirety. Every single time, every single time, the feedback that, that, that comes back is, is excellent. Right. It really is. Well, I think, uh, you know, that's a pretty good overview of, of the course. So, I mean, if people have any more questions, they can log on to our website. Our, our details are careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au. If you want to go over to the Mental Health First Aid Australia uh, website, just type their name into Google. You'll see their website come up up the top and you can get a bit more detail. But we've got some videos. Uh, we've done some podcasts with other people around about mental health. So there's a whole lot of information out there. And I think at the end of the day, we just want you to, to do the course no matter where you are. And, and there's so many different ways you can do it now. So maybe have a look at the details and start spreading the word because uh, come in with some co-workers, with some friends, some family if you don't want to do it by yourself but please just look at it as a as a great course for uh, mental health training for your future yeah absolutely so even if you're not in brisbane um you know couldn't come along to one of our courses um mental health first aid is run across the country and in fact it's run across the world is 22 countries in the world deliver mental health first aid so definitely jump on their website and also have a look at whether it's the standard adult mental health first aid course that's right for you or it could be youth mental health first aid or teen mental health first aid 
There's a lot of different um, areas that are covered in there. So, so take a look, get out there. If you care, you're halfway there. Um, and we definitely encourage everybody to have a look at doing this course. Well, we hope that's answered just any questions or queries you might have had over the Mental Health First Aid course. We, we get a lot each week as it grows in popularity and we hope you enjoyed that podcast on uh, MHFA. Thanks for joining us, Tina. Thank you, Pat. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.